It's not a competition, but then again, everything is. Like trying to have a conversation, and afterwards asking who wins. Every person that you talk to is the co-host of that moment in your life. Might be one podcast too many, but we're only one small slice of the pie. It's the cultural content consumption appraisal. You're here. You did it. You're here. We are back recording on Logic because Christopher is a tech whiz who told me, hey, just download it again. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> and that was the end of our tech meeting, which wasn't just a text exchange while I was technically working. How are you today, Christopher? I'm good. I'm good. Um, this is, I'm, I'm, well, we never share yes. our videos, but I'm back in my study, yes. which is a good thing for me. You're back in your bedroom, which is a good thing for you. I have decaf coffee on the go. Because following our little chat from the James Hoffman pod, yeah, I thought yeah. I'd give it a go. I ordered a bag of beans and it's now my little oh, treat shit. in the evening because I can't have anything else. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Also... That just occurred to me. Decaf in the evening. It's brilliant. Wow. It's changed my life. Once oh, I figured out how to brew it, the first few brews were a bit, bit ropey, but I've, oh, yeah, I've, I've got it down. Have a few ropey brews I also have a meal that I might start eating during the pod as well. Tell, that... tell the listener what, what meal you got there. I have... Um, 200 grams of oh. Alpro, uh, no f- plain yogurt of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, I have 100 grams of blueberries in there. I have 30 grams of granola and 30 grams of some vegan protein powder. And that's my life. <laughs> <laughs> that is your life. Hey, we, we all have different lives but and different journeys. more importantly, if I was my brother... I'll be tucking into a big birthday cake with 40 candles on it. Let's go, because someone's brother, Alex Anousis, let's Who hasn't listened to the pod in 40 years. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday, Mr. Anousis. Um, We hope this finds you well, and you're getting very shouted out on a public podcast. And listen, you're one of our top favorite listeners. We have a a non-regular segment devoted to you, hashtag Alex Knows Best. Do we have a... A hashtag Alex Knows Best segment today, even though we don't know what the segment is. Um, no, but <laughs> we do have um, Alex is the best today because it's your birthday, mate. So happy birthday. Um, 40 is a lot of years. So just keep plugging away with that and keep keep it going. You know what? I think you might get to 41. He's got it in him. You know what? We're we're so close to 40. It's actually like disgusting. No, no shade, Alex. But like it wasn't meant for us too. That was your thing. You're the older brother. But like, good for you being forty. That shouldn't be about us. But it really yeah. is coming quite scarily close. So I would like to tell new listeners that no, we don't just shout out our three family members who are also listeners. We also do a podcast that's about culture. We are the Triple C A H, and we got cultural consumption out here. We got appraisals over an hour of runtime, <laughs> and so rather than just elaborate on the words that make up the title of our podcast, hey, I think I could explain it to the folks and. I think you're going to explain it in 30 seconds. And I've been sitting on this one for a week because it popped okay. into my head earlier of well, how I want it. you to explain it. Must, must make so, your butt cheeks uncomfortable. Get so on. one of the things that we're yes. reviewing is stand-up 
comedy show. So I would like you to explain to the listeners, to explain to new listeners, what our podcast is about in 30 seconds as a stand-up comedian. Fantastic. Where's your call? Give me a call. I should get a timer out. I didn't. I got really comfortable. I was like, why has he not started? That's because I didn't (laughs) hold up a timer. (laughs) Looking at me blankly. So your 30 seconds to do all that stuff I just said begins now. You've run out of, of things to do and you've just got podcasts upon podcasts upon podcasts. So guess what? Like any other 35 verging on 40 year old who is just so, so passionate about culture, but so, so unsuccessful at making their own culture and art. Start a podcast about it. That's right, ladies and gents. I am also that kind of sniveling toad. I am also that kind of maggot, that mess, that fucking joke. I am a podcaster and I'm here for your pleasure. Um, use some extreme <laughs> words because I watched Ricky Gervais. Oh, well he likes done. a cuss word or two. Um, Literally the isn't... only note I made. Really? <laughs> <laughs> was it the bit when he was spitting? No, no. Just um, uh, well, are we starting this? Are we just into it without start. actually your explanation? Didn't I thought the? F- <laughs> How did you not go? What's the deal with podcasts? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> 30 seconds. It's so funny. 30 seconds is like way too much sometimes when we were just doing it without the the little jokey new parameters. And then when you've got a thing, it's like, oh my God, there's not enough time. So yeah, I didn't explain the pod, did I? But the pod is basically where we pitch each other's stuff. We both review the stuff we pitch. We give it scores. Oh boy. Our scores are kept secret. And that's the point. Can you guess and get closer guesses to the other one's scores to win the game? Last week we had a draw. We and we used the Little White Lies rating system, zero to five for before, during, and after, also known as, um, I think I'll go with before, during, and after this week. How did you feel in the anticipation to consuming the art? How did it feel consuming the art itself? And how do you feel about the art in retrospect? Today, we're starting out hot out the gate because Christopher was like, we got two current things today. We have, um, listen, I think so there is a thing when it's current. <laughs> Yes, I know you are. Um, Listen, the 90s are still current to me. I don't know what to tell you. So if we're headed back there soon, please just live with it. But you're right. There is something a bit more like you feel part of a conversation when it's something so current, right? And similar to when we did Chris Rock last year, this year, I think the biggest comedy special opening up on Netflix this year, as usual, as he and he made reference to how his special last year was also the biggest last year, because shout out to yourself, Ricky. Um, it's Armageddon by Ricky Gervais. Um, you just finished it, quite fresh. About an hour and a half ago. <laughs> Were you intentionally thinking, I'm going to... Because, hey, an occasional freshie is quite fun right before a pod. Was, was this the plan all along? Do love a freshie. Um, <laughs> uh, it wasn't the plan all along. It's just the longer yeah. that we put our pod record time back, yeah. the longer I gave myself to watch other things instead of that. Um, and i did just explained our lives around the pod very well (laughs) basically um (laughs) and i did want to watch it so that i could talk about it um and the main reason i pitched it is because he is quite controversial these days and quite topical and i didn't find his last one funny um and we're both big fans of james acaster who in his special ripped into ricky gervais for just not being funny and just just basically told him to be be a better comedian is yeah. I think the words he used, which I kind of agreed. Rather than just going shock factor all the time, just be smarter. Um, so I went into this thinking, I wonder if Ricky Gervais is as funny as I remember him used to being. It's kind of where I was. Um, yeah. But and... before I give you my review, 
You yes. watched it. You're meant to be reviewing it. Well, I'd love to know. And you're not a big Ricky guy. You've never really been a big, Rick, Ricky, big guy. Ricky guy. You like The American Office. I don't know if you watched the English one. I don't know if yeah. you watched any of his other shows or any of his other stand-ups. It's so, it's so, um, it's so interesting. My relationship with Ricky Gervais. He's so, um, he's been so prevalent in the culture last twenty years that, like, even if you're not a Ricky guy, like I'm not, like, you end up taking in bits and bobs, right? Because the office was the biggest thing and he was the biggest thing but i but i do have a weird relationship where like literally it's quite funny that we have this cultural podcast right because i feel like the office the uk office might be top of my list of just all time i will get round to it one day shows it just keeps not happening hey they made a whole fucking 10 shows of the us of 10 shows 10 series of the us office and it then ended and then it's now been so many years ago that like people have quite a lot of nostalgia over the us office and i still haven't watched the uk office and all the christmas specials like it's crazy but um i just haven't watched it it spawned an entire like genre an entire style the way that people refer to cringe comedy these days like it's quite an old show and just for whatever reason maybe some of the classic stuff we've talked about about how like it was just so um people loved it and i was like yeah mm. other people love it you, you occasionally have that feeling where like this i don't need to do this right now because it's already getting so much love and attention but yeah i was always in the middle ground where i didn't hate it's so stuff. easy to complete jeff yeah it's like <laughs> tiny and that, that was two seasons in a special and, and dude speaking to the, the speaking to the psychology around that i hope a few listeners here agree with me there is something even more daunting about that because the second i get into it it's done us office let me dive in oh i can swim for ages i can get to season eight and then chill out a bit and bail like if i start <laughs> the office and start liking it it's done and i have to deal with the end and i'm not good at dealing with endings or all of that said or... <laughs> well we're gonna get to those in a bit too but yeah i actually need to shout out at the beginning i'll leave i'll i'll, I'll start this review at the end which is the youtube clip with 2.7 million views that christopher just referred to well he referred to it as part of i'm guessing um james's whole special which was mm. called cold lasagna hate myself 1999 from 2019 i think at the special mm. but there is a specific youtube clip james acaster and ricky gervais's trans jokes which i watched after the special which i was like do i remember this in like, am I remembering this correctly after now watching the first full Ricky Gervais special I think I've ever watched? Mm. Um, I can't actually say that with certainty because <laughs> I don't mean to throw sh the hottest shade right out the gate, but they haven't been memorable enough to leave me with the impression of I've watched a full one before, but I very easily might have. It felt quite light and fluffy in that way. But I watched this James Acaster clip, Christopher, and I laughed more during this clip than I did during the entire Ricky Gervais special. I don't just want to hate on it. I want to be nuanced about this. I mm -hmm. over the years I have loved loved his podcast with Carl and Stephen. Okay, yep. I loved I loved that stuff. That's still the OG good shit. And guess what? For whatever reason, they broke up. And I'm I literally thought a few times during the special. I wonder if Merchant would like this. Like, I wonder if him and Pilk are still mates. I can't help it. <laughs> I think about that shit. Okay, but they've gone their separate ways. Whatever. Oh, one other, two other things that have made me think Ricky's cool over the years. Before I then start. Love you one? No, not quite. Uh, I thought that would be one of your favorites. I, <laughs> I, I can't square it with the seeming to hate the marginalized people, but he seems to have uh, resolved that in his own head. So we'll, we'll get to that. But um, I've always loved him. Another classic, one of my signature loves. Him on Letterman, the transatlantic mm. thing. The way that he's given Letterman joy over his late show appearances back in the 2010s was a joy. I love a British guy making Letterman crack up. 
seeing Letterman laugh, there is something that just hits my funny bone about what, seeing someone. He's of my had good interviews with Colbert as well, to be honest. Well, there you go. I'm sure he has. I'm sure they've gotten into the God stuff because they both have quite a take on that. And so, okay, that's one thing. And then also, what I think even some of his fans might call his crowning achievement, and even I couldn't help but rate those Golden Globes years. I think he did a couple of opening mm. speeches on the trot over the years that just like tore the celebs a new one right in their face and were very brave. And that is a bit like, listen, at the end of the day, that is rarefied air to be in those rooms with those big names and sort of like still take them to task and be fucking um you know aggressive comic like that so he did he did his comedian brethren proud on those nights too now this special listen i just i I didn't i didn't laugh too much here or there i was like i liked the conceit there i liked the premise of that joke here or there like the idea of there was the stephen hawk super spoilers we're literally getting into the nitty-gritty here christopher you just watched it so hopefully it's nice and fresh but there was one joke about how like you know um eddie redmayne played stephen hawking in a movie and people were up in arms about it. This is what is human out is directed at people who are up in arms about stuff. And I don't know who these people are. But when people are older, older, did you hear I made that yeah. adjustment at the end there? Older and like really getting in their feelings about just like what I can only imagine are like social media reply people. Like yeah. that's not the world, my guy. I don't know quite what you're so up in arms against but he made the point about how like some people were up in arms that a non-disabled person played stephen hawking he was like hey it's a lot easier to have the guy for the first half of stephen hawking's life who is uh just able-bodied and then you know can play disabled rather than a disabled person who can play the disabled half well but then couldn't do the first and listen if he'd spun that a little bit i was like i almost find a nugget funny yeah like there's something there and that is how i watched this special i kept finding bits and i like how he's very cavalier and british and he's so confident um but you're already finding me struggling because i'm using his being a nationality as a as a plus point <laughs> and at the end of the day um a stand-up comedy special is to make you laugh i think two times maybe i smiled but it's hard not to make this review about what it's supposed to be about and you can please start telling me your thoughts too with it being so fresh for you but it is all about the controversy. And as much as he keeps wrapping it up in like, at the end of the day, it's jokes, lads. It's jokes. Oh, you can't make jokes about it. Come on, jokes. He, he's just doing the thing that Chappelle is doing too, unfortunately. And I, hey, I'm not here for just super watered down PC, never attacking anybody comedy. I'm not. It's really hard to find a landing spot here. It's just that if you do it, do it in a way that makes me laugh. And that's where I feel like at least for me personally and my own taste, that's where Louis C.K. does tickle my funny bone and he does still cross over that threshold of risking being offensive and whatever, mm. but I still laugh and just... Maybe I never... Maybe I'm going to go back to the early days and not find his earliest stand-up specials funny either, but for this one, I both didn't find it funny and I thought a lot was like, oh, two genders only. And basically, he has a crowd going, way, And that felt like, like a, a Trump bit- rally. It is kind of like a rally. That is how it... Trump rally might be... Yeah, I know. Go, please, please. No, I, 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 I don't know there. what I thought you would think of this because my scores are way off. Okay. Um, that I'm guessing for you. Um, well, I'm trying to be nuanced, but, but when it comes to the scores, I'm going I'm to be very honest. I, I just feel disappointed. I go oh, to mate. it for the stuff that I used to like. I loved yeah. Extras. I loved The Office. Yeah. I loved... I even loved Derek. I thought Derek was a brilliant show as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's got his... some really good reviews over the years of his shows. People rate him. Yes, it's like I, I got bored with Afterlife. Um, the one but... thing I think can't everyone agree 
that the one thing he didn't nail, I think even he'd admit, was the movie world, right? He did that one where you couldn't lie, right? The, but he never... the, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Had Jennifer Garner in it. How can you get a movie it bad with yeah, Jennifer Garner? Yeah. Um, and there was another one called Ghosts World or something. I can't remember yeah. what he did. There's a couple oh, of movies mate. he did, but he's just Ricky Gervais walking around in the movie. It's <laughs> it's. <laughs> um, but his early stand-ups were clever. They were smart. Were they? Yes. This is where you have to tell because his whole thing. If if I'm getting the facts right, from the little bits of details I picked up over the years listening to other comedians on other podcasts and stuff, I think he got famous for The Office and then got really, really like emboldened in his comedic personality by doing media for it and then mm. basically jumped into stand-up as an already successful comic yeah. personality as opposed to being on the road and getting, yeah. <clears throat> and getting wa- people walking out on you and not loving you as a stand-up. So in that sense, I don't think uh, many stand-ups would either relate or love his journey in that way. Like he's quite an oddball mm. of a stand-up in that way, right? Yeah. He didn't, didn't get the reps in the normal way. Yeah, but yet he sat in like and done these weird round tables with the most famous stand-ups ever like chris rock and other people talking hey, don't about stand on your stand-up fu- don't but, um, stand on your future your future pictures might be getting spoiled here shout out talking funny on hbo that chris rock <laughs> louis ck ricky gervais and others jerry seinfeld yeah that was it um but um but i just think i don't know why he's got on his soapbox and why he yeah. feels like he needs to start punching down because in that um interview that you just spoke about he yeah. talked about the art of punching up and how that's yes. where the majority yeah. of his jokes lean and he jokes about how yes he's got money but he's gonna die because he's fat or something like that and he yeah. just says yeah, yeah. you know he's like he's an old guy he can't do anything with it and you know his problems are like his balls being too saggy or whatever that's <laughs> yes. and and like that's that's kind of where it worked and why does also... your retelling an old joke make me laugh more than his actual special that's quite funny <laughs> and <laughs> And he used to be really smart with some of the religious stuff he does, the stuff he talks mm. about animals, the, the the bit he did in this where he talked about God creating man. It was like yeah. kind of, it was smart yeah. until for some reason he had to make a gender joke in it. And it's just unnecessary. Yeah. And what worries me more is that mm. because these shows have got more views than anything else in the world or whatever, and I hear people yeah. in my office go, oh, did you see the new Ricky Gervais thing? It was so funny, wasn't it? Oh, it was so funny. I was like... I don't I worry that he's enabling because he's so mm. smart and he thinks he's doing the jokes in a smart way. There yeah. are people who are still going to misunderstand it and think he's just poking fun at the marginalized community. I don't know. That's right. what makes me nervous. Oh, so so th- that's an interesting take, though, because in and amongst that, you're actually saying you still you still believe he's a good person in the sense that he thinks he's doing it in a clever way and he's not punching down, even though. People he are taking he, he talks in the he... special about he's a character. It's not yeah. his feelings. He's playing a character as a comedian. The same way just, Anthony yeah. Hopkins isn't really Hannibal Lecter. Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, and he tries to and he covers that up and he's and he's trying to explain it. And even at the end, there's a glimmer of him just saying nice stuff. And it's just yeah. like this is a nice Ricky. And he does. I think he does care. I don't oh, listen, think he's a horrible listen, person. I don't. I don't want. I don't want. Listen, nice Ricky can fuck right off. It's not it, like. It's 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 a layered thing, right? Because ni- I get if a comedian listened to this, like you want a nice car. We don't want nice. I know you don't want nice. It's almost just like he di- there was a bit of almost conscience where he did have to almost explain it. And I actually really the end almost redeemed how I see him. Mm. I found it that 
nice. Like, it didn't get rid of the special I'd just seen that I'd wasted my time on, yeah. to be honest. But he did say something along the lines of, like, at the end of the day, to each his own, laugh at whatever you find funny, all laughter is amazing. And I think yeah. that's a beautiful quote. And fair enough. <laughs> and then a quite an interesting subtitle comes up for me, uh, just a bit before that, when he was talking about something or other to do with uh, the gays. Um, mm. Man 5, in brackets, yells... What happens during the show is there's a lot of yelling. There's a lot of whenever he approaches one of these topics, it's a different sound to the sound I'm used to watching stand up. Do you know what I mean? It's laughter. Like, Way. <laughs> yes, laughter. It's, it's almost a jeer. It's like he's at a conservative yeah. conference or something, and and people yeah. are going, "Yeah, we agree." And it's like, no, he's telling jokes. Yeah, why? <laughs> it's just, yeah, the, I, don't the know, I don't know what's he approaches, happened. Hey, people are too in their feelings. Fucking woke. People are already like, oh, he's doing a thing. He's gonna have a go at those people we don't like, and it's like. Ricky, whatever it's you're comfortable, isn't it? It is uncomfortable, and it's like the thing is. I think the problem you and I are having. That I I similarly felt watching the new Ch- Chappelle special, The Dreamer. Is I think both of us. <coughs> don't worry, it won't be like the other week when we lost many minutes of airtime due to my cough. We both rate these people still, and mm. so we keep looking for justifications and like, oh, they're just missing the mark, and they're, you know, they're getting so much good reaction to it. They can't help. They're both. They're enabling the people who are taking it the wrong way. The people who are taking it the wrong way are enabling them. And I think at the end of the day, it does boil down to this almost comedic um, muscle that they've been training for years that just tells them, I don't listen to people telling me I've gone too far. That's yeah. my job as a comic, and I will not kowtow to that or whatever. And then in these cases, I think it's now morphed into something that they're just not seeing objectively. And mm. I think it's kind of tragic, and I hope... The cultures change in a way with them changing in a way where we can just all meet in the middle again. But right now, those two are like the poster boys for this culture war on fucking, I can't help it, but I'm going to keep saying that word. We all hate what they perceive to be woke and they Mm. will keep, but it's almost like, it's almost like they're perceiving us as like saying like, listen, we're the downtrodden and don't make any jokes. And actually in their heads, it's like, no, by giving you like, shout outs and my jokes i'm treating you as people because i roast everyone and that's the Mm. only way i can figure out a way where they're almost compassionately doing it still it's just for me i think the tragedy is that then their art has kind of suffered in making it all about that like bruv just get back to some funny shit like he he made a joke about doctor i feel like a pair of curtains and he was like oh now if you say it's it's oh doctor i identify as a curtain i don't even know what the joke was but i was like you're missing the whole point by yeah. trying to make that joke and it yeah. just shows how clearly you don't understand it yeah. and it just you just an old man at christmas dinner trying to make jokes dude um, exactly is, is, and, yeah. and 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 to be honest and the thing that we alluded to at the start mm. that really wound me up is that he just kept going to the lowest common denominator and just using the c word like a bajillion times to almost as if that's the way to get the laugh because he wasn't confident enough in the punchline and mm. that's just mm. yeah yeah, I, yeah, and yeah. I was just like, "Oh, seriously, is this is this where we've got to now?" It, uh, it was just sad. It wasn't as bad as his last one, but oh, it really? Was the last one worse? Well, the last one was the one that got the most controversy because of all the trans stuff in it, and it's just it just doesn't. Dude, I don't it's know. interesting. I don't know. Though, just, but... I'd love to talk to him and see. I'd love to just say, "Bro, what's what's the deal?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know because I I feel the same about. Chappelle, who I have a bit more of a like relationship with in terms of like watching the stand-ups over the years, and at some point I'm like, oh, they used to be so good, and now they're so. I'm just gonna say it. I'm gonna say another word that is very much in the common parlance these days. It's so mid, and yeah. then at some point you had a you had a few jokes that will get like all the the clickbaity Twitter I think I, uproar. I, I think I sniggered 
like you twice, yeah. maybe three times, yeah. a couple of things. But it's probably about the stuff that was just the old. Just like in one of his early specials, he had a whole bit about yeah. God creating a spider, and it was great. And I was just like, okay, that's- so that's. At some point, please not next week, I beg you. <laughs> At some yeah. point, I do want to expand my Ricky Gervais palette because I think he is interesting in the culture. But like a- another example in this special of like where I'm like, oh, this is exactly for whatever reason. This is where stand up comedy gets really interesting when you're that big a name and you like he makes this really good point of you can't choose what you find funny. Yeah. So for whatever reason right now, we can't talk Ricky Gervais out of finding this anti woke shit. As far funny. as he's, but yeah, he finds it so funny. So at the end, he's got a, you know, from what I could remember, another reason I think other stand-ups weren't too enamored with him is he was he had like slideshows and like he'd do big things on the screen and yeah. it was a bit more, you know, sto- not storytelling kind mm. of right spoken word, not quite. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? This time, not really. Mo- all stand-up until the end, where basically he gets right into the comments section of uh, does the dog die dot com. And then all the responses over the years, in the 12 years that website has been going, that to me, the second he found out this website existed, fucking his eyes must have lit up. This is his shit right now. People who are on the internet in weird corners of it, who are especially sensitive to stuff and get triggered by stuff, and let's just roast them. And hey, like depending on my mood, I am not here to never find someone getting triggered by something a bit weird, funny. Like I'm not saying Mm. it's all, leave them alone, but like it's just like so like it, it's a bit at the end of a comedy special now where it's like oh and mm. here's this piece of paper where i've got this thing that i found that i want to read to you um right a, a few months ago it was john mulaney reading his interview that he didn't remember doing because sure. he was high as a kite and it was hilarious yes this is ricky gervais just reading that <laughs> website thing with yeah. more people's comments and the thing is a few specials back before he was as bad as he is now <laughs> he was just reading t- twitter comments and that was hilarious Right, it it's not bit. about how um, yeah. ingenious, uh, yeah, and like innovative. It's yeah. Sometimes the comments are just fucking um, hilarious. I just don't know why. Okay, what's his name? Joe Lysett. In his yeah. stand-ups, he goes through these whole long, elaborate set pieces of and gets you back to the online. start and shows you a whole thing. It's great, fun. mate. He does it. So, yeah, it's, it's smart. Great fun. It's smart, and I think yeah, that might be the key word in terms of like you can't choose what you find funny. I can't choose it either, and I didn't find much of this funny. Here or there, I see the workings of this really sophisticated mind who has really interesting ideas about stuff, and I'm like, oh, that, this maybe is fun. he's just old now. Well, this is a thing that we keep <laughs> as we're getting old too, unfortunately. <laughs> in parallel, we are seeing this thing of, like, people don't stay static in the revered space you want them to stay, and, hey, it's hmm. part of life, and it's fine, and you have to let it go, but it is quite sad how people change. Like, <laughs> I still keep thinking about it. This is funny. As someone who doesn't consume the product... The other week on our um, uh, the year that wasn't awards special, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I transitioned from saying it'd be really sad if your heroes were the same now as they were when you were young to like, the book I wish someone had written. Uh, with its <laughs> author is Tom York, who is my hero since I'm 15 years old. But yeah. like to me, it's a funny example of like how you look around and like he's not the same guy though. He's evolved. David Letterman's been through a few things. He's evolved, but these are still people who like almost. If I was like personal friends with them, I could still be able to relate to them there are other people who are aging in this way where i'm like i'd have trouble reconciling this if you were in my actual sphere in my personal life and it's Mm. just really interesting he keeps it's a very famous thing even i as a non-ricky guy know this but he's very famously been with his partner jane for many many years yeah and he brings her up and he says oh i promised jane i wouldn't do the accent but i just did sorry jane like okay well that was clearly 
you know, a big part of stand-up is, is outright lying and acting like things are just happening in front of you, so fair enough. But it did just make me think of, like, Jane must be so close to the to Ricky and, you know, him in a familial sense that this is all fine for her. But I wonder how many layers out of his personal sphere there are in his life that would actually be like, Ricky, like, it's not even that, like, you're wrong, but, like, it's just a bit. I don't it's know, who would ever... Yeah, I don't know, man. Well, when you're selling out big rooms still and Netflix tells you you have the most views and it does... It's just, it's just inflating his ego and says what I'm doing is working. Yeah, it must yeah, be really... It actually must be really weird signals to get as an artist because in his head, he might be on top of his fucking game. What if, Jeff, as you lean back and I see what you're wearing, um, <laughs> <laughs> what if he's the not... List, the all the listeners need to know is that I'm if, not naked. What, what if yes. he is the best in the world Okay. And we've we're fallen just, off. We just don't get oh, it. No. <laughs> That's <fell> off. No. <laughs> what if, like, well, oh, you know what? We're too woke to find it funny. We're too. <laughs> we're woke. the people he's making fun of. Well, let's walk through the other side of that funhouse mirror. At the end of the quickly. day, <laughs> yeah, very quickly, <laughs> and then we'll walk right back and feel comfortable again and get onto our next review. But um, yeah, I mean, what we can say is that some people think that for sure. There mm. are some people who. This is a really fun episode in a way dealing with such current products because if we were like big in terms of like a big audience who some of us felt rather casually about us, we have a very tight audience who all care very deeply. But if we had a more widespread casual audience, we would get all the hate and all the flames for this. Yeah. Some people, as James Acaster points out in his clip, want to defend people like Ricky to the hill and, and shout down any even perceived notions of uh, wokeness. So to them... Um, I'd just rather not get into it. Cool, you win. He's hilarious. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, I just, yeah, like, I don't want to yuck your yum, so to speak. So if people are finding it amazing, fine. Like, I don't, you can't argue someone's funny, but um, mm. as he said, we are also entitled, right? Find, it's, it's almost like at the end, there's, there is a 0.1% awareness because he says, find whatever you want funny as long as you, all laughter is amazing. Oh, so you get that you have even the 0.1% chance that you get, that you have quite a heartfelt section of your audience who actually feel kind of let down and adrift and mm. separated from you. And you're telling them like, go in peace. Okay. You know, that's kind of like, I kind of felt that the ending was a bit of a peace offering, but there is this I, I, almost. Just, it's funny. I hadn't noticed until you said it earlier, just mm. the whole, the jeering in the audience. I don't think I've ever watched a comedy show where people jeer like that. Like literally right. like they're at like a, like I say, a, a Trump yeah. rally or some sort of weird party conference where yes. someone says, stop the boats, and everyone goes, yeah. That's yeah, literally and... what it felt like watching. It's so weird. It is really so odd. Because he still doesn't quite come off as like a fucking super right wing. I'm just here to like tear no, him a new isn't. one. I'm convinced he, he isn't. isn't. It's... No, I'm convinced he isn't too. But like when it said man five yells, what it made me realize is there have been enough gaps in the audio of this special for men they've had one man through one, four. two, three, four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because there are bits where it's just the yelling. At least one joke did end on nothing but a yell as opposed to even a bit of laughter. And mm. listen, he's entering the room as a big name. He doesn't have to do 10 out of 10 jokes. Every now and again, he will get courtesy laughs from being a big name. You know who does stuff. age well? Let's hear it. Dylan Moran. He just ages, goes a little bit loopy and tries to learn piano. Oh, mate. That's that's yeah. the best. That's the way we, oh. we should all do it. Yeah, shout out to the lost episode where we did um, take our dear friend Christopher Peel um to see a stand-up special headline by dylan moran who christopher and i saw a lot back in the day and he sort of started out an old man yeah he's just to, he's, to me, he's to almost psycho yeah <laughs> <laughs> he 
He's just a fucking weirdo, and I love him he, a lot. His, his and... whole shtick was old man yelling at Cloud, and it was great. Yeah, but like he, it didn't. He didn't have to get into a big <laughs> no, thing. No. It's, we it's need literally to move on. we do we do we do. But I liked your Christmas table analogy because it is that. It's like listen. Here's what I would say: if he's at my Christmas drunk table uncle. dinner, <laughs> yeah, if he's drunk, uncle, I'm like, listen, uncle, you're fucking hilarious, mate. Just like turn off your Twitter and like talk to us about other stuff. Mm. And like, I'm going to find you funny again. This is like rotting your brain in the same way that social media is rotting our brain in other ways. Some of our favorite comics are having their brains rotted by this shit. And I'm very curious after the first words of my review, you said I might have missed your scores. Now that we've talked out the review, do you think actually you might have them a bit more on point than you thought? Or what do you think? No. No, let's, I don't let, think you enjoyed I will it. Tell. Based off your review, I don't think you enjoyed it. Although at one point you said mid. So mm. I'm clinging on to mid for dear life. I because... did. I was referring to Chappelle in that moment, but yes. Uh... Some of the high points were mid. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the mid points were mid. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got threes across the board. I thought okay. you were. I thought you were intrigued to go in. Mm. I thought there would Correct. be bits that would cling you on, and I think you would have thought it was fine. But I think probably you're closer to three and then a couple of twos intrigued to go in i think we've learned in our in our pitching year in our inaugural year of pitching and doing a podcast last year um stand-up comedy specials did stand out as a little oh let's sprinkle in a little treat here um so i went in intrigued three um boom it was it was twos to 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 enjoy and afterwards yeah and and so you're two off not too bad not too bad and um, that is the review of Armageddon by Ricky Gervais. Awful, awful title. I think naming a stand-up special if, if is If you were awesome. asking for us to recommend it, we wouldn't. <laughs> no, we wouldn't. And in not recommending it, do you actively, as a podcast, Christopher, think this is our first steps into engaging with the discourse? Why? Do you think there will be any? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we could become. I'm trying to propose a thing here. Let's become woke warriors. Let's go for this. Let's clip out us <laughs> basically saying your your little clip there of you saying, yeah. "Turn off your Twitter. Yeah. You're a funny guy. You don't need yeah. it. It's rotting your brain." Oh, shit. Okay. And let's just at him. You'll kill me. <laughs> oh no! Hey, you and your four followers on Twitter and your pronouns in your bio, which I don't have, but I would yeah. wouldn't mind having them. Um, I'm gonna, he'll he'd, he'd flame me, and he'd get all the replies to flame me, and I would just turn off the app and be like oh that was a nice app for a while actually i need a reason i need an excuse to get rid of that app, effects, so yeah. <laughs> maybe we should fucking get on that okay it's time for an american apocalyptic psychological thriller film written and directed by sam esmail based on the 2020 novel by i was, Ruan relaying, I was relying on you to tell me how to pronounce that name yeah well listen we do our best um i can pronounce ethan hawk but i can help pronounce the other actors names julia roberts i can pronounce the white people's name <laughs> <laughs> hey ricky i'm with you man who are these actors with the names that are hard to pronounce in my podcast now i don't know what to do Ugh. um sorry um but yeah this film is also i feel like we're opening with like the big netflix has thrown all their money behind Armageddon yep. as a comedy special, and they've also thrown all the money behind <laughs> Leave the World Behind as a film. So, Christopher, this is a film I pitched to you. How did you feel about watching this? Let's put the 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 big headline out there as I as I throw it back to you. 140 minutes long film. Yeah, it was quite long, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was a bit long, um, and then it ends. <laughs> and then and then it ends. That's and that's a good way ends. to describe the ending. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I wish. Well, I don't know if I wish. 
Mm. So moments before starting the movie, yeah. for some reason I decided to look it up and then I saw Ooh. that it was written and directed by Sam Esmail. Yes. That's yes, what we're going to go with. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that's the Mr. Robot guy. Um... And then the movie started and Julie Roberts is having a little chat with Ethan Hawke in the bed and whatnot. And then she's looking yep. out the window and it yep. zooms in on her face and then suddenly she it just says, goes, I boom. fucking hate people. Yeah, she says, I fucking hate people. And then boom, the titles, Leave the World Behind, come up. And I was like, oh my God, it's Mr. Robot the movie. I'm going to ah, fucking enjoy this. Okay. And, I, and and then from that point, I was all in, to be honest. Ah, so and, wait, were you going to say you wish you hadn't to give it a bit more? Well, I would have wondered if I would have noticed it if I hadn't uh, clocked the, the director yeah. and whatnot. But then even though it comes up during the, the titles after that bit. But from then on, I was like, ah. And it, to be honest, a lot of this movie does what I thought Mr. Robot did really well. Ooh. It's It appears slow, but it's very engaging. Do you know what I'm, I don't I know do, to, I do. No, this is great. Yeah, keep going. It yeah, does appear yeah, so slow, it, but it is very engaging. It, it's kind of, it seems like a slow plot, but it's it's slowly building that suspense all the way through and it constantly yes. builds. You've got the weird, creepy girl staring at goats or whatever, or deer, or whatever they are. You've got all of these sort of things slowly dropping in. You're wondering who all these characters are. There's the weird Mr. Robot framings of okay. things. I don't know. Did you watch Mr. Robot? I didn't. So this is fascinating to me. I just, yeah, I watched this um, totally um divorce from any of the so, things you're talking so about mr really mr hard. robot was very it was probably a lot harsher than it is in this movie but it would yes. have like a, a frame and the characters would like be in the bottom corner of the frame right, having a right. chat and you would see this whole empty space around them or behind them and it was all yes. very shot very odd but what it did do was give you that sort of oh i'm kind of uncomfortable watching this vibe by doing that and there was a lot of that in this as well well it's so in- interesting to hear it from the point of view of someone who's seen uh Mr. Robot, because, yeah, I haven't seen it. When I saw all these names involved, I was fully there for all the actors' names involved. When I saw the name of the writer of the book, I was like, don't know that person. When I saw Sam, don't know that person. Didn't I saw Mr. Robot out there a lot. Never. It almost, it, it kept almost getting me. I think, what was it, three to four seasons? It yeah, looked, three to four seasons. It looked rather interesting conceptually, but yeah, never quite did it at some point, sure. But um, yeah, on a totally, I've never watched uh mr robot level is quite interesting because when they did do that zoom in and she said that and that was the opening titles i was like i am also all in but for reasons completely unrelated to having enjoyed yeah. mr robot too i found this to be a really... we haven't even discussed the premise by the way i just realized <laughs> yeah that's a good shout the premise basically um unless unless you have a nice capsule one i'm 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 ready no, i'm gonna let you talk for yeah a yeah, yeah listen. while i open my food <laughs> <laughs> perfect leave the world behind is all about um, a family who arrange an impromptu weekend getaway and off they go to stay somewhere. And then, you know, deep, deep in the night, the family who actually own the place come in and they're like, hey, can we actually stay here for all these long, suspicious reasons? And the white family are like, huh. And the people who uh, who it's their home are, are black and they're like, hey, we've got this reason to be here. And slowly but steadily, apocalyptic vibes start encroaching on everything and there starts being lots of weird, suspicious things going on there. The, basically, the power's cut out, and you can't get your GPS signal, and you can't get the internet, and there's no one in town, and we're on a beach, and suddenly an ocean liner is coming onto the onto the beach. And I just fa- I found... I fucking love apoc- apocalyptic shit. And to me, the unerring thing about this movie is it feels a bit too on the nose <laughs> with the way <laughs> things are going on this planet Earth of ours right now. Um... And uh, I found it disturbing. I, it made me nostalgic for the times when a film like this would be more speculative. Right now, it does not feel that way. Um, 
and yeah i think at some point i'll skip right to something that at the end just like punched me in my heart a knockout punch to the heart was ethan hawke's monologue i love him as an actor and he plays this really mild-mannered means well Mm. husband has such a heartbreaking scene where this spanish woman just freaking out losing her shit in the middle of the road and he well-meaningly he listens and he doesn't understand her and at some point he just drives off because he's scared and he's not very good at doing things and at the end he says like i can't do anything without my gps and without my phone and i'm a useless man he says something along the lines of i'm a useless man but my son is sick and there's a few moments of that of just like almost um like beautifully played dialogue that sort of shows how I think most of us without exception would be in such circumstances Mm. no matter how highly you rate yourself once a few things fall to the wayside you out here struggling with the rest of us and i think it portrayed that really really well and so as much as like i'm with you in terms of i'm in um i found it quite an unsettling experience Mm. but i I think it was unsettling in a they did it well it did did it well I, i was i was i was gripped for a lot of it awesome and um, something else I was going to say yeah. and it's just gone but the, another reason I said it's Mr. Robot the movie mm. because is because Mr. Robot is very similar in its premise ah uh, okay around, is it apocalyptic? Well, it's, it's, it's sort of it's how tech rules the world and mm. eventually the, the people who have control over banks and things like that I think the first series is around trying mm. to give everyone their money back or like share the wealth or just like bring down banks. I need to like watch that. Mr. Robot. Okay. And, and Can then you season like two, three and four takes it, takes it further. Um, um, but yeah, yeah, I could pitch it, but I don't think you could just do a one episode thing. This is where our, our podcast doesn't really work. With TV shows. Um, <laughs> you could, do, you could like, have just yeah, finished off that. This is where our podcast doesn't back. work. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, every, everything you're saying about this movie, I, yeah. I thought was good. Mm. Um, and, how could you not love it mm. when there's just someone trying to finish friends? Right. That's all they care about. Well, let alone and like... That must, that must have really... It really to your heart. It's really funny that I was... Yeah, just it was quite... let the girl one stop being creepy and stare at deer yeah. and just let her finish season 10 of Friends. That's all she wanted to do. Her brother being mean about it was triggering as fuck, my guy. That's your little sister. Be nice. He just and kept every time he nice. thought he was going to be nice, he yeah. wasn't, which was quite... <laughs> That I enjoyed. That was quite well played. This is the cliche bit where he's like, hey, I get it. I like TV shows. Well, that's a bad show. You can get into something else or whatever he said. <laughs> just mean. Um, I really, I can't tell you how much that bit was just, I, I loved it as a, as a motif, so to speak. And instantly I was a bit of a nerd. And I was like, the second it wasn't working on her iPad at the beginning and it would come, come into play later on. But mm. straight away, I was like, hey, your mum's in that show. <laughs> Which is just a fun nerd thought to have. I did say that. It's like she's got oh, really? to season 10 and she hasn't gone, Mum, why? Yeah. <laughs> when were you in Friends? <laughs> Julia Roberts famously in the Super Bowl special where she gets with Chandler. Uh, R.I.P. Yeah. Matthew Perry, we miss you. Um, but yeah, so basically for the biggest spoiler of all, usually it goes without saying. I've got it in the show notes. This show is all mm. about spoilers. But I will say one more time, big spoiler here, because the very end of the show is her lucking upon what I would call... Um, heaven because it's this wall yeah. of dvds and dvd <laughs> boxes like, bedroom <laughs> exactly that's literally my bedroom that she found in the apocalypse um i hope my bedroom can serve someone in the apocalypse in a similar fashion and then she found season 10 of friends at some point i think to her brother she describes it quite movingly he's like why are you even into that and she's like i care about them 
And it's like, I think a lot of... <laughs> she's basically you. <laughs> well, I don't know if she's me, but like, I've never actually, for instance, like written fan fiction or like seriously made an online presence out of shipping characters. But some people, you know, even take take my complexes and like make whole online personalities out of them. So like for all the people who invest a lot of emotions into made up characters, I think you can't pick a better pick. So even with Julia Roberts in the role, I'm glad they stuck with this and didn't, you know, spend too much time mm. on these nerdy thoughts. You can't get a better pick than friends because as, um, what's her name in the film? Ruth, as Ruth Scott says, it's, I don't get me wrong. She says to Julia Roberts, character, when Julia Roberts says her daughter watches friends, I watch that show too, but it almost feels if I'm remembering the quote, right nostalgia for a time that never happened and mm. i was like god damn like at a certain point you and i specifically were watching new episodes of that in our lives where like their late 20s early 30s were syncing up with our mid-teens and it all just felt mm. very current and now it's like that is an ancient time that feels like when you end the film about the apocalypse on a close-up of this emotionally bereft girl's face and i'll be there for you um it feels really um unsettling but like very on point and it's like wow she was right it does feel nostalgic for a time that doesn't exist the you know not to make too big a point of it but like the 90s were this hopeful the future can be anything time and now i feel like the future is narrowing in a lot of ways politically and with the mr robot stuff i think it's going to be really interesting for me to go find that because i love how they hint at this bigger pop apocalyptic danger and bad in these like brushstroke ways without getting too detailed mm. hey few people who might be enemies are doing this and they're taking down the system there's a three-pronged plan and they're trying to send misinformation and it's, it almost reminded me of like a, a really well done play because at the end of the day in yeah. terms of big set pieces uh there's a big drone at some point there's the car bit where all the aut automatic cars which i feel mm. like loads of images in this film are going to enter the subconscious because like all of these things feel if not right around the corner kind of here and um yeah, in terms of yeah, in terms of how unsettling is a good thing. I I thought this was a really and, good and movie. each character sort of it showed how they were all dealing with it yeah. in different ways, in really different ways. Yeah, I like how yeah. a lot of the time it would almost climax around, if not an action piece set piece, more of like an emotional set piece where two characters would be doing one thing and two characters would be doing another thing, and mm. it would like climax and lots of stuff. Julia Roberts at the end screaming at the deer, and then Ruth joining her. <sighs> I thought. So brilliant. And I don't know why, but I made a moat of like, this movie is like the most fun acting I've seen her do for years. And this mm. is more my lack of giving enough other Julia Roberts movies a try. But like, it's almost like me like, God, she's so good. She's so this character. She is so um, Amanda Sanford. She's so bitchy and judgmental. Mm. And then she sort of softens a bit and you really like her. She fucking nails it. all the acting. I think this uh, movie hinges on acting. I will be a bit harsh. I think my one criticism is the two kid actors aren't as good as the four principal adult actors. Um, I don't know. Sometimes there's a really special kid actor and both of them here are fine. Um, they're fine. Yeah, they're fine. Why would I have a go at the kids? Like, why would I even go there? I mean, I can't, don't know how many of them asked the guy why you wet, but that made me laugh every single time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good. Um, and yeah, in, t in terms of the runtime, though, you know, we always joke about it on this pod specifically, but how did you find it? Um, I made time for it, so I was fine. I wasn't like in a rush or anything, so I kind of just sat down and enjoyed it with my partner. Beautiful. Beautiful um, way to do it. Um, yeah. I think we had one pee break. <laughs> oh, there you go. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Did it, did it, did it uh, would you say it, this is a funny word because it's definitely not in the horror genre, right? But would you say it scared you? Um. <laughs> I think so. Because we all, we all know when Not you get scared, you get scared. in the way that I've scared. heard a sequel to The Smiles coming out. 
which I will not be watching. <laughs> Why are you even talking about it? <laughs> oh, can you believe? By the way, yeah, we we just need to take a sidebar, a very quick sidebar. Please, please. We've been doing this a year. Yes, we. Have. I just think we need. To, we haven't acknowledged it. Okay. But we're now mid January, and yeah. we started this January twenty twenty three. We I'm, have. I'm relative. I, we. We're on episode. We've done 53, 54 episodes. Happy birthday and to the pod. Is that what you're saying? Like, shout that's out kind the pod. of what I'm trying to say. Shout out the and triple C A H. We've been here. We out here. We still doing the damn thing a year later. Mm. Eat that shit. Um, when we did our prediction. Sorry. Why did I have to make it confrontational? <laughs> like, let's all celebrate <laughs> together. Um, when and we were doing it as I was taking a mouthful <laughs> of food. <laughs> um, we'll have merch soon. Okay, we're just gonna we're gonna do nothing but merch, and I'm gonna make it really hard for you to be able to access or get it. But there will be merch because then I can get it. How can I not have our merch? Um, we will but... just make two t-shirts. Yeah, exactly, and wear them. Fantastic. Back to leave the world behind. Back to back to leave the world behind. I I thought it was a beautiful little film. I think for me personally, I want to get your thoughts on this as we close out review. That I don't know what I can't specify the elements like the little kids thing is just a tiny nitpick i can't i don't know what it is it's almost um it was a percentage or two off like fucking killing it for me like it's not quite one of my favorite movies and i think i I had a funny way of wording it in my own notes which was like it's a bit too deep to be like a really good like almost action apocalypse movie which you get off on those in a different way right whether it's deep impact or 2012 whatever that one was or whatever like it's a bit too deep and talky for that but it's not quite deep and talky enough to be like an actual play that would still rock you. Like for me, it's like, ah, just if a, if it just chose a lane, like actually be just a talky one or be a bit more set PC. I don't know. So like, it's just a little bit off, but like in terms of a movie, I could imagine Netflix got a lot of pushback for this. Cause at the end I did feel quite a nice artful, like poetic ending. I was like, good. I can imagine a lot of other people spent two and a half hours going, no, where are the answers? So at the end of the day, for that reason, I always find that a really brave choice. I was, I was at the time. Yes. I was about 60, 70% in that box. I feel it. So was I. No, I was 80% there. But as I think um, a big thing with, with endings like that is how quickly do you come round? I think it's natural to feel like, no, I wanted to know. What would they have done? We would have then gone, oh, let's go find out what's happening. Let's go kill the baddies. Yeah, What did they do? Exactly. Um, Yeah. So at the end of the day, Netflix... Kill the baddies. They don't do movies like that no more, do they? No, I think think if Ricky Gervais had his way, they might. I am Um, am seeing Beekeeper tomorrow. Oh, shout out. Don't come near my pictures. There's a six-foot pole here. I would. You can pitch me anything. Pictures are free reign. Let's get to pictures after we do some scores and guesses. I think this is a great movie and i thought at the beginning you were like hey a movie that's long fuck you three hey and then i was happy it was anything (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the pod i was happy it was anything yeah so i went three for anticipation four for during four for after i thought you had i'm gonna do something quite controversial now because what i have written down (laughs) is three four three oh however I've mm. got myself excited about it again by talking about it. <laughs> and I Wait. think that's a true retrospect score. Oh, okay. So the controversy so I, means I win. That's fine. Kind of. Okay. And that you've got it better than you, you would have had it spot you get, on. You but I think the perfect. more I've talked about it and the more yeah. I've really thought about it. I, I, it hey, was... have you just changed the pod? Fin- do, come up with your retrospect score at the end of our conversation. That's when you've really processed it. I fucking love that. 
That's, I like yeah. that you got yourself excited. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know yeah. what? Because I definitely <laughs> knew I enjoyed it during. Yeah. But I was, le- I, the three was ah, that. Ah, was it that thing we were just talking about? The feeling of where was the actual <coughs> narrative I felt, conclusion? I felt a little bit like, ah, I felt a little bit like a wanting more. I wanted more from it. And therefore I thought, you know what, that settles it back down to a three. Here's a, here, okay, but, now, that, now that we've resolved that, and I really appreciate that, here's my key question when someone watches something on Netflix. Hmm. Did you listen to the entirety of I Will Be There For You? It played. There you go. That's all I need. I didn't I didn't need you to bow your head and pray to the friends' gods, but I needed you to let it play. And bow to it, the friends' gods. And let, just let it I ring mean, out. To the point where I, I think it did that weird either bridge or second verse. Ah, but you're like, I don't but... know this part. I'm lost in space. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's actually so... That's a really good metaphor for how this film makes you feel. It's just so unsettling. Yeah, they, they were so unsettling that not only did they frame the characters odd, but yeah. they played the verse of "I'll be there for you" that people don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did like. Well, the no, trope I think of... no, I think it's the middle eight. It's the no one can ever touch you, and everyone's yeah. like, "What is this bit? What is this bit about?" <laughs> imagine they did a gig. Fucking, can you imagine the drop off? It's like when the lightning seeds come out and do uh, <laughs> three lines. But yeah, everyone knows the whole thing for that, right? Well, but they never know which version they're playing. Ah, oh, that's the point. I was a fan of Three Lines Ninety Eight. Just saying, just being. Even more controversial. Have you got a pitch? Well, for you. Yes, um, for me, please. No, you're going first because it might okay, determine right. if I change mine or not. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> um, firstly, you know, I try. I try so to do a season. A... This, this, we are pitching for season two, mm. episode twenty-three. This is the penultimate episode of this season wow. that we're pitching for. Again, I need to just bring us back in, like, because things happen and we forget, like Christmas. This is true. This is true. No, <laughs> so... Christmas, and there was the, there was the awards show. I had an idea of because um, it was movies, uh, music, gigs, and events. Those are the three categories. I really wanted. Um, um, we might have to whether it's infiltrating group chats afterwards or whatnot. Um, I really wanted some other people who are like you know, they have a bestie similarly, or they have a couple. I want other people's year that wasn't. I feel like I'm very curious about other people's year that wasn't. Um, but for you, Mr. Anusis, I think um, it's Take been... <laughs> it's It's been a long time coming, but... Oh, no. But there's a thing that I feel very strongly, okay? So bear with me and my strong feelings. I'm going to get to this very quickly, but <laughs> at the end of the day, something I've always... Since we were young something I very much respect you for is that you have opinions and you feel strongly about them. And sometimes I've felt Not like... according to some people in my life. <laughs> no, you do. You do. And the thing that I've felt is, uh, especially as like a budding artist myself at points, I'm like, sometimes I'm a bit too, to use a funny word for it, forgiving. But I'm always like, oh no, in a different mood, I bet I'd get this. Or if I did a bit of research, I bet, I, I bet I'd get that rather than trusting my own gut sometimes, right? And then... You know, as you grow up, you feel more settled into your opinions. But I love leaving a bit of that door open and being like, hey, whether it's correcting yourself, it's giving things a second chance. Maybe that's the opening you leave or just giving things another perspective sometimes. So at some point, the second I've... <laughs> he's like, hold on a minute. Second chances, well, new perspectives. What don't I like that you're going <laughs> to... Well, the thing that you don't like is by someone who made something that you really like and that's what gets me the most okay that's a bugbear of mine okay hey if you really like this thing the least this person can get from you is a second chance if not this might be a third or fourth but she deserves that and this week you are giving it to her because solar power by lord from 2021 (sighs) (laughs) it deserves another chance and and it's it's time it's time you go back and you say hey lord 
Melodrama was one of my favorite albums of the last five, ten years. What, what are you saying I, with these? I shouldn't ones? have leaned into that so hard, should I? <laughs> It's come up on those three or four of our episodes. And um, would you like to know the runtime? Uh, 51 minutes. 43. Oh, right. okay, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> For you out there writing your scores, adjust accordingly. Lord. <laughs> Anticipation. Four. Right. <laughs> For me. For me. All right. All right. Now you're going to look at your list. Well, the scene is to give a second chance to. Scroll down, scroll down, skip past Saltburn, scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. (laughs) Oh, wait, someone asked me about that this week. I I was almost going to pitch it to you, but how would that work? You've been ticking for me recently, films you're seeing in the cinema. Is that almost... I've seen things. I've seen, what I see, I've seen Ferrari, I've seen Poor Poor Things. things. Priscilla. Soon to be Oscar winner, probably. How? Okay, this is a question I want to know. We could probably Mm. do it after the pod, but just quickly, people can weigh in if they have their Mm. own thoughts. If you're ticking a movie for me, I almost appreciate that as a like, is there a window of how long you feel confident enough to talk about it on the pod if I pitched it? Do you know what I mean? Like today, yeah, if I kind of... Yeah, it ruins the fun. It totally ruins the fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here for It that. does ruin the fun. Okay. But have you seen Poor Things yet? I'm curious. No, but I plan to. Looks really fun. Emma Stone's okay. a beast. Okay. I liked it. My partner didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and is angry that people have views of liking it and she doesn't understand why it's, yeah on the it's, pod it's beautiful give us your takes <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait um, that will explode anyway, the pod It'll so um, explode. yes what was i doing what i was doing? scrolling through the channel 4 app on mm. my apple tv because i like the channel 4 app because there are shows out there it gives me things that i haven't watched before and mm. they appear and yes. they, they involve comedians that i've seen in shows that i like like taskmaster yes and after Shout i finished taskmaster's B. new year's treat which Ooh. popped out, which was fun. Um, this thing came across and said, oh, great, one of the great shows from 2023, and it featured Simon Bird. And I was like, oh, this is oh. interesting, because Simon Bird is still 12, and in, in between us, surely. Right. Um, but actually, it was a show called Everyone Else Burns, um, and it follows a hyper-religious community, um, and it's basically about a family who's super-religious trying to live in common times. And it's, um, it, I found it highly amusing and I would like you to watch the first two episodes if I may, because I feel like you need it. I think we need that. And I think we've agreed. That's a thing that we do. Well, I think (laughs) Alistair changed that about the pod and then suddenly you are out here cherry picking welcome to rec some episodes that had a thematic similarity. So now the pod's broken and we're living in the broken pod era and that's fine Mm. with me. Okay. Episodes one and two of Everyone Else Burns. How much have you consumed out of curiosity? Finish the season. Of course you have. Um, how many seasons are there? One. Okay, great. <laughs> and there's like six episodes. Um, the amount of stuff we no, watched I just, and take Just the complete... premise got me and the okay. picture and everything. It okay. just, I was like, this looks like fun. I really appreciate um, all the talking through that because with the apps these days and the services and the platforms. It's hard all... to find and discover well, stuff. And I think we do it in and different I've, ways. I've watched, I've done, luckily, yep. I've watched some great stuff just by stumbling upon it on iPlayer and Channel 4. And this is yep. stuff that's made, you know, to get on my conservative soapbox. UK TV. Let's go. Um, <laughs> No, but like Dreaming Whilst Black was a good example that just rummaging yeah. around iPlayer. And like, just people I, don't know about this stuff. And I think yeah, it's yeah. a good thing. And so I think Channel in, 4 does good stuff. So should well. we shout out both Channel 4 and whoever's designing the layout of that app and the stuff? I can do. But no, also Taskmaster to. got me in and then I find other stuff while I'm there. I love it. Related to if you like this, you would And like I'm watching that. another series 
that I just discovered on there as well. That's Name and shame. Fun. Uh, big boys. Big boys. <laughs> well, listen. On that note, where you can imagine Christopher's watching whatever you'd like him to be watching. Um, <laughs> it's been our podcast. Have you finished our meal? Did you sneakily manage to finish your training meal while we're recording? Yeah, but I'm conscious it's going to have really big audio issues of me just <laughs> slurping. <laughs> you multitasker. Well, listen. Today. Oh, look at that! It's actually finished. Um, that I My feel like my sister would be proud. Yes. Shout out to Bex. Your 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 brother is staying on top of his his plan. I'm gonna go eat a, a dark chocolate bar because that's on my plan. Ladies and gents, you go consume whatever you need to consume, (laughs) but whatever culturally you need to consume, what we would advise for you to do is take it in, process Mm -hmm. it, discuss it with your friends, and to discuss it with us. How, you ask? Know us in real life, because our stuff on the socials is obscure as fuck. Um, But we look forward to speaking to you more in this new year. Shout out to the pod. It's been a year and we're still plugging away. We've got a season two finale coming up. We're still having a great time rocking and or rolling with you. We have fun stuff for next week. Lord Solar Power and Everyone Else Burns. Episodes one and two of series one. Now this is the end. This is the bit where I say goodbye. It says take care. So goodbye. And take care. If you don't. Like when we misspeak or boost the audio or unpeak The microphones bleed cause they're so cheap We're sorry to your ears If you don't like the intro or the bit in the middle of this outro Or if you don't like the whole show Question why were you here? If you don't like the podcast If you think we both speak too fast Too many tangents never stay on task Pick up a book instead If you don't like what we recommend If your patience wears thin towards the end If you think you could do better with your friend Please go ahead If you don't like this content Or like me, the word content then please go be more content and never listen to us again